Man, it's so good to see you. I'm so glad that you're here today. My name is Mike. I serve on the team here at Active Church. And if this is your first Sunday with us, we're honored that you've decided to give us a shot and give God a shot. We believe that this is the best decision you made this weekend and it's the beginning of your better story. We would love for you to stop by Guest Central. We have a free gift for you. It's our way of getting to know you and putting a face with a name. And we would love for you to hang with us for the next few months. The next three months is our ask of you that you would invest in this community because we believe that God is going to do something incredible in your life. Uh, Joe and Shauna mentioned in invitations and you can grab those for Christmas Eve out in the lobby. Uh, after last Sunday, I got a text message from my friend Joan and Joan is the best person that you could ever know. She is a lover of Jesus and she loves people so well. And so typically after a Sunday, I'll get messages from many of you, whether they're on social media or through text messages. Some of them are like, I hate you, Mike, because that message hit me right where I needed it to hit me. And I was like, well, blame God. But um, Joan gave me a really great message. She said that she was at a restaurant and there was somebody taking her order and they got into a conversation about church. And the person taking the order said, what church do you go to? And she said, the best church around, active church. I think she also added the best looking church around. Yeah, that's why we love Joan. And, and then she shared an invite and he said, I think I'm gonna come on Christmas Eve. The best part though, and it stirs me up a bit, was Joan then texted me the prayer that she was praying for this guy. And she just prayed and it was so, it was so beautiful. She just, she just said, oh Lord Jesus, would you allow this young man to find you this Christmas season? And that's our prayer, I think, for everyone in the room and for everyone that we're connected with, right? That those that we love and that we're learning to love and those that have been far from us and we wanna draw close, that we would pray and we would ask God to do a good work in their hearts. And so I wanna take a moment and pray for you and for those moments where you're going to extend that invitation and then we'll dive into the story of God together. And so Heavenly Father, I am, I am so grateful for people like Joan and I'm so grateful for the people of Active who have decided to connect their hearts to their hands, who have decided to not sit alone. And God, I pray that as they think about who it is that they wanna invite, to come and sit with them next week. God, that you would begin to do a good work in the hearts of those that they're thinking about inviting. And God, that they would see that it isn't just about filling seats in this room, because it's not. But God, it may be the first step for them, finding hope and finding peace and finding love and finding salvation and finding you this holiday season. God, I pray that our hearts would be aligned with yours and we would hear from you and we would do what you've invited us to do. And I pray for those around us, God, that they would be ready to receive this invitation from us. And may we honor you today and honor you next week as we gather to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray all of these things. And together we say, amen and amen and amen. So chances are that uh, about this time next week, you are going to be preparing or will be currently spending time with family. And some of those family members, you're excited to see, right? When Thanksgiving came around, my oldest nephew texted my son to find out if we were coming to Thanksgiving. And Gavin said, yeah, we're coming. Why do you ask? And my oldest nephew said, because things are just better when your family is there. And I said, that's the right answer, right? That you can stay in the family, right? 
And so I just, I loved that. And I know that there are people in our families, right, that we are so looking forward to. We get to see them. Maybe we haven't seen them in a while, or maybe we haven't had conversations with them in a while. Maybe it's grandpa or grandma. Maybe it's aunt or uncle. Maybe it is cousins. And, and maybe you're looking forward to that. You're looking forward to the food. You're looking forward to hanging out. You're looking forward to celebrating together. It's going to be a beautiful time. But then there are also those family members that if we're honest, we're not looking forward to seeing. And, and that's a reality of almost everyone's story in this room and online, is I think that there is relationships that we're excited about. But then there are also those relationships that we're not excited about at all. Like we're going to step into a time of family and we're going to be reminded of our relationships. And there is one, maybe two relationships or maybe more than that where I think you and I could acknowledge that they are not where we hoped that they would be. They are not where we long for them to be. And the truth is, is I'm sure that there's a story behind it. I'm sure that if we took some time and we talked about it and we gave you space to talk about it, you could tell us how things arrived, where they arrived. And let me just be clear with you, you were right and they were wrong, okay? Let me just be very clear with you. You're welcome. And, and, and I think often we feel that way, right? We're ready to defend ourselves. We're ready to say, like, here's what happened. I didn't do anything wrong. They did everything wrong. And I'm in this position and we're in this posture because of what they did. But here's the truth. Regardless of how things got to where they are currently, isn't it, isn't it interesting that there's something deep within us, especially if we choose to follow Jesus? There's something deep within us that knows that things are not right and we long for them to be right. We know that things are not where they should be and we long for that relationship to be where we would hope it would be. There's something in us that longs for peace in our relationships. The word that we use for that is reconciliation. There's something in us that longs to be reconciled with the people that we are at odds with. And so what do we do about that at Christmas time? I wanna take a few minutes and to work that through together this morning. This is week four of a series called Common Bright. And we're talking about how there is conflict that we face every single day, conflict personally, conflict relationally. There's conflict in our world and there's conflict in the world. And the beautiful part about the story of Jesus and the Christmas story is that right in the middle of conflict, peace shows up. And peace is a choice because we get to choose if we want it or not, because peace isn't an idea. Peace is a person and it's Jesus. And what we learned in week one is that we get to choose it. In week two, we saw 49 of our friends get baptized because we all learned together that day from the story of Mary. We can celebrate that. We learned that day that peace is found in surrender. Mary's words were, may it be to me as you have said, God. And so we learned that peace isn't found in picking things up. Isn't it true that when conflict comes, we try to find something else to do to distract ourselves from the conflict? And we learned that peace isn't found in gathering things and in filling our hands, but peace is found in letting things go and filling our hearts with the peace that's found in Jesus. And then week three, we learned just last week from Joseph, the father of Jesus, the earthly father of Jesus, 
that peace in our minds is found when we're making decisions and we choose to pause to seek wisdom. We choose to pause to gain clarity. Joseph made a decision and it was a big, powerful decision. And he wanted to make sure that he honored God and honored Mary and honored what he was created to do. And so instead of making the decision without considering the things around him and considering God, he decided to pause and it allowed him to hear from Almighty God. And it allowed him to seek wisdom about what he should do and listen to his fiance that she was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit, that she didn't dishonor him. In fact, this was going to be a beautiful story that they were going to be able to write together. Which brings us to today. We've talked about peace being a choice and peace is found in surrender and peace for our minds and our decision-making. Let's, let's talk through peace in our relationships with others. But in order to talk about that, I have to talk about you and talk about God and talk about you and God. Because that's where reconciliation starts, the Christmas story is a story of reconciliation. It's the story of you and God and me and God. It's the story of us and God. Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, writes one letter, the second letter that he wrote to a church like ours called Corinth. It was the Corinthians that received this letter. And these letters would be read out loud. He writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19, these words, God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. Reconciliation is beautiful and we can define it this way. Reconciliation is God's invitation to come back to where you belong with God. Pastor Joe's words were so appropriate during our giving moment, right? Where we talked about God being with us. Reconciliation is God bringing you back, not by force or obligation, but by invitation. That he made a way when there was no way. When you messed it up, when I messed it up, he made a way. And for many of you, it may be why you decided to show up to church today because all of the other options haven't brought you back to a place of peace. All the other options of peace haven't given you what you long for and that is peace in your conflict. But what we discover, and it's why many of us continue to show up and why we choose to follow Jesus is because the ultimate peace that we're looking for is found in a person in our relationship with Jesus. And we sing about it. We sing about it during the Christmas time. Maybe you've sang this Christmas carol before, peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinner reconciled. That's the story of Christmas. And that's how we thank God. We acknowledge what he's done for us through the person and the work of Jesus on the cross so that you and God can be put back together so that me and God can be put back together. And it'd be great if we could just put a nice big exclamation point sentence and we can pray and we can go home. But I still have 20 minutes. So let me fill in that 20 minutes. <laughs> with what I believe is so necessary for you and for me during Christmas. And I wanna summarize it in a, in a question. If God and sinner can be reconciled, what about sinner and sinner? If God and sinner can be reconciled, what about you and me? What about me and you? 
What about you and them? What about me and them? If God and sinner can reconcile, what about sinner and sinner? And here's why this is so important because reconciliation isn't a one-way street. Reconciliation is an invitation to do the same for those around us. It's why God reconciled us to continue with what Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians at the end of verse 19. He says this, and he, God, has committed to us the message of reconciliation. In other words, we have been reconciled to reconcile. This isn't something that we just receive and hang on to. It's something that we receive and then extend. And that's hard to hear when we are very aware of that relationship that is currently in tension, that is currently uncomfortable, that is currently not reconciled. What do we do about that? And I get it. This is an uncomfortable conversation to have. It's uncomfortable to talk about. It's even more uncomfortable and maybe even more difficult to do because it's not intuitive. You know what's intuitive? Is to defend yourself. To rally people around you and go, did you see what they did to me? And to have a really good story to tell. And maybe the story is completely and utterly true. Maybe you are completely and utterly innocent. And yet, because of that, we feel like we don't have to reconcile or move in their direction. Because doesn't it feel like when we talk about reconciliation, doesn't it feel way too hard? Doesn't it feel way too uncomfortable? Doesn't it, doesn't it seem like it's just been way too long? Why would I wanna bring it up again? And for some of you, you've just been way too hurt. And I don't want to see them. I don't want to talk about it. I'll acknowledge. I'll, I'll give them the head bob, right? Like if you're a dude, it's, it's this, right? That's it. And I don't know, girls, I don't know what you do, but I'm sure it's probably something as, as petty as the head bob that we do as guys, right? That's, that's all we want to do because it's just way too hard. It's way too uncomfortable. And I, I even feel that. I've experienced that. I even, I even think that you are right to live that way. That's, that's how I feel. And I think that's okay that you feel that way. It just, it just feels like the price is too high, right? I don't want to pay the price of time. Do you know how much time it's going to take to have to talk through all of this? I don't want to pay the price of emotion. Some of you are like, I don't cry and I don't want to cry. Some of you are like, I cry all of the time and I don't want to cry anymore, right? Some of you, the price is effort. And maybe you felt like you've already done enough and the truth is, is, I think for many of us, we just don't know what to say. What do you say? Hey, you were a jerk to me. Apologize, right? Like, hey, you raised me wrong. <laughs> Figure that out and apologize. Repent, right? I mean, what do, what do you say in those moments? And often we'll speak out of very deep wounds. And I think we all feel justified to just leave it where it is. And if we're really honest, I don't think that many of us feel like it's our responsibility to reconcile at all because they started it. They caused it, right? I'm 43 years old and then suddenly I shift back to like an eight-year-old and I go, well, you started it, right? Like, but, but there's some truth behind it, right? They, you didn't want this. 
And, and I don't know if they wanted this, but they caused this. And so it's their job to come to me, speak to me, speak to you. They should make the first move. And all of those reasons are reasons why we should consider reconciliation. In fact, let me give you two thoughts on why I really believe that it's necessary. First, reconciliation is necessary for conscience sake. You know, there's no resolution if you wait. Nothing happens because nothing's happening. And if you wait for them, then you're just waiting and you don't know if they're making any decisions. You don't know if they're making any choices to move in your direction. And, and, and the truth is, is they're not gonna be at peace, but ultimately this is what you can control. It's, it's who you are and the peace that you have and you're not at peace. And then in your conscience, deep within you, you just, you just feel this conflict that's always there just below the surface. And then, and then we hear conversations like this and many of you will probably text me afterwards and go, I hate you, Mike, thanks for the message because these conversations are hard, I get it. But we hear conversations like this and we begin to think, well, maybe I should do something, but then you know what we do? We quiet our conscience and we lower our head and we try to ignore it. But if you're anything like me, if you're as human as I am, I know the reality is that we don't ever fully ignore it, right? Because something reminds us of them. There's a story that tells us about what they did to us that maybe has nothing to do with us, but it sparked a thought. Or you're just gonna be sitting around a table or a Christmas tree with them in a week. And so you're really not ignoring it at all. It's still there. And you're thinking about them and the emotion rises to the surface. And, and I guess the question I would ask you to wrestle with today is, do you wanna to continue to live that way? Do you wanna to continue to allow conflict to lead the way? It's annoying, it's distracting. You, you can't think clearly or live purposefully when it's dominating you. And I'm convinced and the scriptures teach this, that peace is found on the other side of doing what is right. Reconciliation is necessary for conscience sake. Reconciliation is also necessary for Christ's sake. I was raised in a Christian home. And whenever uh, one of us, there was four of us boys, whenever we did something bad or wrong, and it was often, not me, but more of my brothers, but when we did something bad or wrong, my dad or my, or my mom would say, oh, for Christ's sake. So when I say reconciliation is for Christ's sake, I hear the anger <laughs> in, in my dad or my mom's voice. Oh, for Christ's sake. And I'm not saying to you, reconciliation is good for Christ's sake, but maybe you might need to hear that. Maybe you might need to be reminded like, this, this isn't just about you, this is bigger than you. Especially for those of you that choose to follow Jesus. And, and here's, here's what I mean by that. Jesus brought me back to God. Jesus, he took this messy man and forgave my sins so that I could be with God. And that was the work of God, not the work of Mike. God and I were out of sorts and Jesus reconciled us. And I'll be honest with you, Jesus, he had endless reasons to not to not bring reconciliation to me. I, I, give, I give God a list of reasons why I don't deserve 
what he has done for me. And yet my heavenly father chose me over the list of reasons. And your heavenly father chose you over the list of reasons. And if you're not a Christian, God Almighty, through the person and work of Jesus, chooses you and invites you over all of the reasons that you have eliminated yourself from being a church or being a good person or being a godly person, all of the ways that you thought God would come after you. Jesus has dealt with all of it. And the cost for God wasn't an awkward conversation. The cost for God wasn't emotion. The cost for God wasn't, I don't know what to say. The cost for God was the life of his son. The cost of reconciliation between you and God was paid for on the cross of Jesus. And we know this. We believe this. We're convinced of this and we're thankful for this. But when it comes to sinner and sinner, it just feels like the price is much too high. And we wonder if it'll even be worth it. So rather than do something about it, we'll keep our head down and have ourselves a merry little Christmas. And yet, Paul, who I mentioned earlier, writes another letter to people like you and I. And in this letter, he is convinced that reconciliation is the best way forward. And he was somebody who was mistreated. They misspoke about him. They abused him, threatened his life. He had so many reasons to not reconcile with people. And yet he believes that reconciliation is worth it. And there's one specific reason that I wanna share with you why Paul chose reconciliation over justification. Justified in my position and justified in not talking to them and justified in... I wanna show one thing that Paul understood that he would hope that we would understand today. And so if you have a Bible with you or you have access to the Bible app, would you turn to Colossians? It's in the New Testament, chapter one, starting in verse 19. Colossians chapter one, starting in verse 19. I wanna read some scriptures to you and then we'll, we'll tease them through. Verse 19 reads this way, for God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, him being Jesus, meaning Jesus was fully God, fully God present on earth, not another God, not a God, but is God in human form, God in a bod, so to speak. And so he is here present. And so if we ever wonder what God is like, we look at Jesus. Does God love you? Look at Jesus. Does God care for you? Look at Jesus. Will God forgive you? Look at Jesus. How does God uh, treat those who are suffering? Look at Jesus. This is how we as followers of Jesus understand God. It's through the lens of Jesus. And that's what Paul summarizes so beautifully in that first sentence. In verse 20, he says, and through Jesus to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There was a time when you and I, as followers of Jesus, we were distant from God and God chose reconciliation and that reconciliation brought us peace. And the way that that peace came was through incredible violence. Jesus dying violently on the cross. Because sin, sin brings about death and there is a price to be paid. And Jesus paid that price for you and he paid that price for me. And in case you missed what Paul just said, he doubles down in verse 20, 21. He says, 
Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Without blemish. There isn't a moment where God goes, do you remember eighth grade? Do you remember Friday night? Do you remember when you were a young adult? Do you remember last night? Let me just, let me just remind you that my son paid for that on the cross. He died for you. That there is no blemish that he brings up. And that's important because the next word is free from accusation. God doesn't say, how dare you? Those words are not in the vernacular or the vocabulary of God. And here's how we leverage this. If you're a follower of Jesus, what we get to do because of this is we get to confess our sins to God and God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins all year long. God bails us out and never says, I can't believe you brought this to me again. Here's what's really interesting. And if you're a Christian, you know this. If you're not a Christian, you can, you can begin to know this. The assumption when we approach almighty God is that we've been reconciled. We don't approach God in fear and wondering how he's going to respond to us because of the person and the work of Jesus. When we approach almighty God, we approach God assuming that we've been reconciled and that he has worked everything out. It's why we come to God and go, hey, please forgive me of this sin and, and help me to do better next time. In Jesus name, amen. See ya. It's why we, we have that privilege, that opportunity. And I don't mean to demean it. Sometimes I think we do demean that interaction with God, but it's as simple as us saying, God, forgive me and set me free. And God is faithful and just to do that every single time. He removed everything that made you and him and me and God incompatible because of the person and the work of Jesus. And then what's also true is that we get to do this for others. That we are reconciled to reconcile because God did it for us. And we get to do this for others, not because it's easy or because we want to, or maybe because what they did was okay. None of that is true. We get to do this because for those of you that follow Jesus, we do this because we follow Jesus. Let me take you back to 2 Corinthians chapter five. Paul writes these words, for Christ's love compels us. He died for all so that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. The word compelled literally means I don't have to, I get to. I don't have to do this. I get to do this because I no longer live for myself. I live for God. And how do I live for God? One of the expressions of my love for God comes out in my ability and my opportunity and my willingness to reconcile with those around me. No, I'll put it this way. When, when you and, and God are at odds, and you've done something that violated, dishonored God, dishonored people around you. Often we can approach God and we'll go, uh, God, are we okay? 
Are we, are we good? Some of you have been very religious for your entire life, maybe didn't have a relationship with Jesus, but religion has kind of been the thing that you've been a part of. You, you feel that, right? God, are, are we okay? I did this, but are we, are we okay? And God always responds and always answers with yes because of the person and the work of Jesus. But at the same time, when we choose to follow Jesus, then maybe perhaps God asks this question after we ask if we're okay. Maybe God asks, we're okay, but are you okay with them? Are you okay with her? Are you okay with him? Are you okay with that family member? And I think, I think for some of us, we would go, whoa, hey, time out, time out. It doesn't matter as long as, God, you and I are okay. And God would respond with, no, it definitely matters. And this is why Paul considers reconciliation and why Paul doesn't choose justification. And, and if you miss anything, don't miss this. This is the reason why we should choose reconciliation because you can't be right with God if things are wrong with others. The assumption of religion is I can be right with God and wrong with you. The assumption of Jesus is because we're right with God, we will do everything that we can to be at peace with others. That doesn't mean that there will be peace and that doesn't mean that there will be healing. It just means that we're gonna do everything that we can. In fact, Jesus even talked about this in Matthew's letter when he was sharing on the Sermon on the Mount. And later on in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, when you're bringing a sacrifice to gatherings like this and you realize that you have something against someone, Jesus says, leave your sacrifice and go and be reconciled with them and then come back and offer your sacrifice. See, we assume that if God and I are okay, we're, everything's okay. Jesus goes, no, 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 no. You need to be right with them so that we can be right. You need to make an attempt with them so that we can be right. Because this is what happens when we choose to follow Jesus. I can't be right with God if I'm wrong with you. So Jesus has Leave your gift and go and do what you can to be reconciled with them so that you can come back and offer that gift knowing that you are reconciled with me. Whew. I don't like that verse because that doesn't fit my narrative and that doesn't fit my justification. And if, if Jesus knew what they said to me and if Jesus knew how they treated me, oh, let me tell you, he knows because the scriptures teach that the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and I'm sure that you're brokenhearted. And yet it doesn't give us justification to do nothing. You and I have the opportunity to do for another what your heavenly father has done for you. So peace on earth, mercy mild, God and sinner reconciled so that sinner and sinner can reconcile. So I wanna invite you to consider reconciliation.
Notice I said consider, because reconciliation is an invitation. Even though God has commanded and invited us to honor him in so many ways, we do what love requires. I want to invite you to consider reconciliation. Would you even be willing? Would you even attempt to do what's right? If God and sinner are reconciled, then would you be willing to work it out with sinner and sinner? And maybe you're asking yourself like, okay, so let's just, let's just pretend that I'm going to do this. <laughs> let's, just, let's just say that I'm going to make this attempt. How would I do this? And, and I think you just make the first move. And maybe perhaps the first move is to send a, a direct message on social media, or maybe the first move is to send a text message to them today. And, and maybe for you, you're, you're like, I, I don't know if I can do that. And I get that. And I want to be clear about something. Reconciliation is not choosing to put yourself in a situation where you were harmed or abused and taken advantage of and to just put yourself right back into that situation again. That's not the invitation of Jesus at all. And so you, you know the story better than I know the story and God knows the story like you know the story. And so maybe there's some work that you and God need to do. This is not an invitation to go back to what was abusive and what was traumatic and what was not godly at all. But it is an invitation to not allow our justification to excuse us from reconciliation. So maybe you could send a message, a direct message, or maybe you could send a text message. And maybe you're like, I'm, I'm in that category of, I wouldn't even know what to say. Can I, can I give you some words? Maybe start with, Hey, easy, simple. If you want to say hi, because it's more grammatically correct, you can do that. And then maybe you can follow the, the, the direct message of hey or the text message of hey with these words. Pastor Mike is making me do this. <laughs> and they may not even know who Pastor Mike is. And you're, they're probably, who, who is that guy? And you're like some idiot on Sunday that I listen to. Like, but, but maybe, seriously, maybe some of these phrases will help you. Maybe you could send these words. And I have them written down in front of me and I can't find them because I'm just thinking about like what I would say. Maybe, maybe you could say something along the lines of, um, I'm, I, I, I know, I want you to know that I'm, that I'm sorry. Maybe you could start there. And you might think, oh, I, don't, I don't have anything to apologize for. I, I get it. But maybe there's something that happened after they did the thing that might cause you to respond in a way that wasn't honoring to God or wasn't honoring to them. Maybe you could say, I, I miss you and I love you. And that, that might be hard. It might be tough to, to type out. Or, or maybe you could say, I'm here when you're ready to talk. And I, and I get that maybe for some of us, we're like, listen, even if I do this, they're not going to honor this. They're not gonna be interested in this. And you're probably right. 
But isn't it true for those of us that have decided to follow Jesus and for those of us that are considering following Jesus, isn't it true that there was a time where you weren't interested in what God offered to you? And yet God didn't rescind the offer, did he? God didn't take back the offer. God didn't say, see, I knew. Angels, do you, do you hear me? <laughs> I knew that they wouldn't respond. That invitation has always been there and will always be there, especially for those of you that have not made a decision to trust in Jesus and aren't sure about God at all. That invitation is always available to you. And we, we learn from Almighty God how we engage in these moments. And, and we take these steps, not because we're waiting for them, but because we wanna decide to honor God and to be obedient. Remember that the common denominator in all of your relationships is you. And so I wanna finish our time by praying some words over you. And then we have communion to the sides and in the back. And, and I wanna invite you after we pray to grab communion. And there are elements that you can grab. There's a cracker, there's juice, and you can take those things. It represents the body of Jesus and the blood of Jesus for the reconciliation of all sinners, which include me and which include you. And as you take it, may that be a reminder of what God has done for you so that you can do for others. But could I ask that maybe for some of you, before you take it, maybe you send the text message. Before you take it, maybe you send the direct message. Maybe this is that moment where we're offering our sacrifice and then we remember that we have something against someone and so we're gonna do what we can with whatever is appropriate, whatever is good and godly, we're gonna do what we can to reconcile, to make the first move, not think about and decide what they're going to do, but decide what we're going to do. If, if you're able to do that today, good on you. And in fact, after service, I'll be out in the lobby. And if you do that and you want uh, to share that and would love prayer, I would love to pray some words over you and pray for that relationship. If you're not able to do that, God still loves you. Still going to heaven. Still welcome at Active Church. I know that this is hard. But before we take communion, I wanna pray some words. Then you're dismissed to grab communion. And then if you're able to send a text message or direct message today, I would invite you to do that in this space. Don't wait, because you probably won't do it once you leave. But sit in this moment and allow God to lead you in this moment. Let me pray some words over you. Heavenly Father. I, God, I had a moment where I just got hit with all of the emotion in the room and all of the stories that are being thought about in the room and online. And God, I know that this is hard. And I know that they've hurt us. And I know that we've set up boundaries and all of that is good. But if God, there is something that we can do today that would open up the opportunity for reconciliation to happen, then may we listen to you. May we obey you. May we honor you as people who have been reconciled to reconcile. As people who have been reconciled 
to reconcile. As people who have been reconciled to reconcile because of Jesus. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things. And together we say amen.